Welcome to Jesus at the Table. The podcast where we have real conversations about the spiritual journey, cultural issues, and big theological questions. Do you think when we're focused on getting all of our doctrinal ducks in a row and solving every truth mystery and making sure that we're right about everything, does it put us in danger of missing something deeper? And if so, what is that? That's a big question. Yeah, it is a big question. I, I think it I think it I think it does put us in danger of missing something deeper. Just because something is important, like understanding scripture or trying to find our way to sound doctrine, which is just a, a good beat on the truth about different mm-hmm. things, right? Just because something is important doesn't mean that it is itself the center, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, the tire is important. It is not the hub of the wheel, you know? Um, and so so I, I think that the invitation of God and it's why there's so much talk about the Spirit in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit, which is very mysterious, right? The invitation of God is, is for him, for us to let him come and dwell in us. You know, like, uh, I love this verse in Colossians where Paul says, um, he says, what's been made known to us in Christ is this mystery that people really haven't been able to fully see before. He uses the phrase kept hidden, but he doesn't mean God's playing Mm-hmm. you know, a game with people. Mm-hmm. He's saying, it, people haven't been able to see it. It's been, it's been shadowed, you know? And he says, but now we see it in Christ, and here's what it is. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory, by which he means the hope of being restored to the full glory that is really the glory of your humanity, the glory of being made in the image of God. And it's like, this is the center. Is Christ in me, his life in me. You know, Jesus says that about the Holy Spirit. He is with you, but he will be in mm-hmm. you. And you go, oh, <laughs> you know. Um, so yes, there's so many good things. They're necessarily the center. They're necessarily the fountain of life, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus said, "The Spirit's going to be in you. It's going to be rivers of living water." This is where it starts. So for me, yeah, I think we can. And and, and let me just make confession. I have missed the center many times because I've gotten very attached to one of those other important things that even could be called part of the Christian journey. Um, and then and then because I've gone off and I've chased that, I've, I've been disconnected from, from, from the center. center and from the spirit. So, And mystery is not a bad thing. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. one of your... That's, that's a Larry Allichism right there. Well, it is because, first of all, it's very... Uh, uh, <laughs> It's a lot easier than trying to have all the answers. I'll tell you that much. Uh, but no, if, yes, you, if you're always looking for the, you know, the 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 answer, give it to me cold. And you're, mm-hmm. that's always what you're after. You're you're on a road, a never-ending road of frustration. You just are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I am me, made in the image of God. I have to trust in that, whatever that means. Right. And I have to trust that He's God. That I'm not. Mm-hmm. That there's a huge part of the mystery that I don't get yet. And I am okay with that now. Right. Yeah. Maybe not so much in the past. Right. But right. I am now. Yeah. And there's there's a, a resting piece in that. And yes, and one of the dangers 
of thinking you have to get to all the right answers is you will decide something is the right answer just so you can have the certainty. And now you're building, you're, the building blocks of your faith and your understanding of your faith are all these things that you are sure and you are saying are 100% the way it is, but it might not be because you had to have an answer. You couldn't say, because you couldn't say, well, I don't fully know the answer to that. There you go. Yeah, I, I find myself somewhat often, I guess, saying, when I die and get to heaven, I'm going to ask God. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then I think, I won't care. Right, yeah, you, yeah, won't you probably won't care. No, but, I'm not going to care. Yeah. Um, as a pilot, as a pastor, with families, in life, with all kinds of things, how do you each try to cultivate a spiritual life in the normal every day? You're not going to want to hear it. I do want to hear it. It's like exercise for your body. You have to do it, right? When I'm on a layover at a hotel, sometimes I have to catch a 4.30 in the morning van. That's 4.30 in the morning East Coast time, 3.30 here, which means I'm up at probably 2 in the morning. But I still make it a point to set aside time before all of it. It sets the tone for my, the rest of my day right at the very beginning. It's also, um, I don't want to do it either. I don't. I want to just. I want to go in the fetal position, right. cover Hit myself up, one and more time. Hit a little blanket up one yeah. more time, just yeah. another pillow, whatever. Yep. But but it's 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 just something that I've determined to do. Not because it feels good initially when I start. By the time I'm done, I'm I'm so glad I did. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. But initially, I don't want to. But it's because I I remember. You know, I look back and I remember what that does for me, and then I think about where I want to go. You know. I would totally echo that. I mean, what we're really saying is we're saying uh, prayer. Time for prayer, time to be uh, quiet with God, mm -hmm. time, time to let, even, even if it's not words being exchanged or some big revelation from God, but this time to just be quiet with God and let God be near, to be, mm -hmm. to be aware, to breathe deep in his, in his presence. And one thing I would, I would say, too, that I think sometimes people need to hear is um, don't, don't try to figure out how to do that perfectly because you're right. not going to. Right. I mean, you're not going to. So just so get up in the morning, you know, make yourself a cup of coffee or whatever you do. Have some quiet time with God, or maybe it's at lunchtime or whatever it is for you. But have some time with God and talk to the Lord. Let your heart be open to the Lord. If you want to read a little scripture, if you want to use some well-crafted prayers that you found, whatever it is, um, it's not about is there a is there a right formula for this? So I'll have the perfect relationship with God. No, because what's going to make it a better relationship with God is just that you're saying, I, I want to be with you, Lord. And I know you want to be, I recognize you want to be with me. Right. right. One of my best prayers are when I don't say anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Seriously. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, it's just, again, you yeah, have to be with, abide with, yeah. Yeah. Uh, with him. And, and another thing is don't, you know, and, and I still, I catch myself doing it all the time is, what can I do to further this, make this better? And I can, I can subtly start beating myself up <laughs> that, well, maybe if I tried this prayer. Right. Or yep. maybe if I yeah. you know, change yeah. the order, yep. maybe that'll work, you know, yeah. or something. I was the, trying to find the The life answer. of it is in the mechanism yeah. somehow, but it's, it's not. It's almost like it's, a human default. Yeah. Right. But the life is in the recognition of the union. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's in the recognition of the union that I'm in you, Lord. And, and it's not a question of whether I'm going to get myself in you this morning. It's that I just need to remember that I'm in you and that you're in me. Mm -hmm. And then there comes that place of rest 
and my fears get pushed back and my values get reclarified yeah. mm-hmm. and in a very organic way. Yeah. You know? But I think and, people like like you said, they want the list. They want the what can, what can I do? What yeah. draws me closer? What what'll make the connection? But it's it's just like our relationship with anybody. You know, I, I'm gonna engage with you in the ways that we have an ease to our yeah, relationship. Right. I'm going to engage right. with you. Right. It might be some of the similar ways. It might be different ways. Um, and I found like with me, with the Lord, it's, I have to shut up. You know, yeah. I, I want to yeah. tell him right. everything and all right. of the things that I you want to happen. the same thing I got going. <laughs> yeah, I think it's kind of human nature. Lord, here's everything you need to know. <laughs> yeah. well, let me tell you what you're missing today. Here's you know. what I need oh, you to morning, do. Oh, good morning, by the way. <laughs> when, I, when I went to Brian Zahn's prayer school down at his church in St. Joseph, Missouri, he gave uh, kind of a regimen for your prayer time. Mm-hmm. And then what he said at the end was he said, I want to ask you to go home and do this exactly this way for six months because you need just the discipline of doing it mm-hmm. and then make it your own. Yeah. Which is what I did. And that's that's yeah. huge because yeah. I remember several years ago starting to just be intentionally quiet yeah. with mm-hmm. the Lord and say, Lord, please just speak into me the things that you yeah. want me to hear. Right. And and I think that's hard for us as human beings because we do want to talk. We do want to say the things. We, we're not comfortable waiting you know well, and as modern people can i can i check my phone during this time right. can i write like there's distractions right yeah. yeah yeah and and you are more acutely aware of the distractions when you're trying to be quiet yeah, right. you know i i can go through my life my life and not notice little things but when i'm trying to intentionally be quiet i hear every single thing <laughs> um so in in your quest as we talked about you know finding those that that way to be um cultivate the spiritual life in our everyday lives in that quest for the rich inner life with the Lord, what do you guys think that the Lord wants to give us in that place of communion with himself? All kinds of stuff. I, I, I mean, I, I... I think he wants you... He wants you to start with rest. Mm-hmm. Okay? Pump the brakes a little bit, folks. Slow down. Right. I'm here. You're here. Let's just sit with that for a bit. Um, and because you know what, when we're frantic, when we're going from crisis to crisis, when we're worrying about tomorrow and mm-hmm. today is slipping by, we're not listening. We're not paying attention to any of it. And uh, uh, I think he just wants us to realize that it is okay to be. You know, you might not get some big revelation. Here. Right. Probably won't. But you're there, and he's there. Mm-hmm. And somehow he has a way of working something in. Right. And, and the heart of that from God's heart is love. What we're being invited to rest in is, is a loving presence, mm-hmm. a presence that says, you know, I have you, you're mine. And these are quotes from Scripture. Nothing can take you out of my hands, right? So with that rest, we're being invited to receive security, Right, a lot of life feels insecure. Mm-hmm. The Lord says, "I never will I leave you." Never, but but for that to be a reality, this is where the communion part comes in. The spiritual life comes in. I can preach a sermon about "Never will I leave you," <laughs> "Never will I forsake you," and people can go, "Okay, check, I got that Bible truth." Right. No, no, that has to become something for me in the inner places mm-hmm. that I go. I think that's a reality for for me. Um, so security, identity, 
The world is always telling us who we are. Many voices have told us who we are. In that place of communion with God, God is saying, no, 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 you are who I have made you. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's different. Um, and, and I could add to this list a lot of things, but this is the thing is that we have these needs of the soul mm-hmm. and how they are met is partially through learning the truth cognitively, right? The truth of, of God, the truth that's in Jesus. But they also have to become experiential realities, and that comes when we sit. Mm-hmm. When we sit with him. Right. We so. have a desire to um, know that we're good, right? That we're worth it. Mm-hmm. The world will tell you one thing, and your mind will tell you another. And if you allow them to, they will drive your show. Right. So if you, uh, you, you mentioned scripture, be still and know that I'm God. Let's mm. just start right there. Mm-hmm. Be still. Don't freak out. I'm yeah. here. I'm here. If that's how you start your day, how can you, I mean. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Um, are there things which work against finding a spiritual life. We, we, we've referenced that a little bit, talking about different oh, voices that come at us. Kids, work, <laughs> animals, life. Who has right. those? Yeah. 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 What do you got, like 20 dogs now? Right. Just the world, <laughs> culture, sin. What else can we put on that list? Like, yeah, there's a million things that distract from a spiritual life. And that's the thing is that even though it's, it's kind of, this is kind of going to seem like an oxymoron, but if you want to have a spiritual life, you're going to have to fight for it because because everything else is going to say, I want your soul. Right. And you have to carve out that way to bring your soul into communion with, with, well, with the Lord. And not only will everything say, I want your soul, they'll say, I want your time. I want your attention. Yeah. I want right. everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you probably won't cultivate a spiritual life unless you're a very unusual person just because you'll think to yourself, oh, that sounds great. You, it'll have to be a mindset. Right. It'll have to be something that you in, in, invest your time and your soul into. Yeah, it kind of goes back to what Larry said when we started. You know, you have to do the things, that, like if you're going to, you need to exercise. Yeah. Okay, well, you also need to exercise your yeah. spiritual life. And I would say to people, if you're out there listening to this podcast or watching this podcast, and you go to a church or you're looking for a church or some group of Christians to hang around with, I would say look for some spiritual people. And by that, I don't mean just people who go to church, mm-hmm. just people who quote the Bible, just people who do certain traditions or rich. Like I'm not saying just all those things. Like look for spiritual people. Look yeah. for some people that you say that person has become something, and it's coming from inside them. And how did that happen? Yeah, you know, right? Yeah, and you know it when you see it. Mm-hmm. You know it when you see it. You know it when you see it. So this one, I, I'm going to ask you both, but I'm sure you get this more than any of the rest of us because you're a pastor. So is there a, a perfect spiritual life where you ever arrive? Because I know people look at you and go, well, you're the pastor. You, you've you arrived. Ta-da. <laughs> you, know. you haven't? <laughs> yeah. No. You haven't arrived? I have not arrived. No. <laughs> See ya. No. No, there is no spiritual life where you've arrived. There's progress. There's seeing new things. There's, there's realizing you have changed and grown along this journey there's greater awareness of god as a as the presence in your life um thinking you've arrived is probably 
dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, because you will, I think you just have to have a journey mindset and then every now and then look back down the hill and go, hey, we, we came up the hill some more. Right. You know, and that, that's a beautiful thing. The journey is the blessing. Yeah. And we don't always feel that right. at the time. But you know why God doesn't, why I think God doesn't give us the answers? Because we'd stop looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'd stop walking. We'd stop journeying yeah. forward in this yeah. whole, in this yeah, whole yeah. life that we, that we believe in so right. much. So, right. um, yeah, it's not easy some days. Some days it's, it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but it's a journey, and every day has something. Yeah. It really does. So we're, we're kind of running short on time, so I'm going to skip around a little bit. Okay. Okay. Um, have you guys had any really profound experiences with God? And if so, would you share them? Hmm. Oh, boy. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. I mean, I've had, exactly. a, I've had a lot of really profound experiences with God. I've had experiences with God that are... Uh, hard to explain times I've known that God has spoken something into my mm-hmm. into my mm-hmm. being. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had times where God has lined up weird circumstances uh, in terms of an opportunity to minister to something. I've time I've had times where I I still remember the first time when I was a young Christian and I really wanted to experience God's presence in a powerful way. And I was it's Linda and I were dating, so that's how long ago this is, right? I was 19. And I uh, was going to school all day and working at Pizza Hut all night till like midnight. And I was coming home at night to my little rented room. And I would pray and I would say, oh, God, pour yourself out on me. Oh, God, you know, make yourself known to me. And I did this for a few nights. I was just so, I know some people maybe can't relate to that, but I was so hungry for God in a profoundly spiritual way. And then one night I was sitting there, I would light a candle and I would just sit on the floor with my back against the wall. And, and I would just say, you know, Lord, you know, come to me, you know. And then, I don't know, the third or fourth night I did that, like, I got, God just enveloped me like, like everything was a glow and I melted into the reality of God, and I was lost there for a long time. And I still look back on that, and I go, "Wow!" Yeah. Like, like that. You know, we talk about kind of the the veil between sort of, you know, kind of the curtain. You know, every once in a while, God yeah. shows off. Yeah, the curtain got really <laughs> thin right there, right? Yeah. You know, um, so a ton. I mean, lots. Yeah. And, and you know, and I've had the same. You know, experiences of the the presence is just overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I've you know I've, I've I've been in our church here, where I swear I, I was going around one time after a service and it just it just felt great. I'm like, where'd the incense come from? I don't know. Like, am I what am I smelling here? What's going on? It was just a warmth and a presence feeling that was there. Um, What's going on? Where is this? Lord's like the Lord's like. I'm just messing with you. I just want you to know I'm here. Just you know, smell it. So, but you know, I tell you what, cathedrals. Man, I've been in cathedrals over in Europe where it's just like nobody says a word. I was just like, Mm -hmm. like this. I fly over the 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 North Atlantic, right, and I see, you know, a a green wall of the Northern Lights, so bright that you can read a book by. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me, there's no God. Right. Yeah. You know. Makes me makes me think of the all this makes me think of the Barbara Brown Taylor book yeah. Altar in the World, yeah. or it makes me think of Jacob. You know, after he has this vision of the angels, he wakes up in the morning. He says, "Surely the Lord was in this place, but I didn't know it." 
Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. And and I mean I think I think the challenge is for people who haven't experienced something like that, what do you say? What do you say to them? Because I can tell you, you know, working yeah, as a care right. pastor, I've had people say to me, I don't hear God. I don't feel God. I don't yeah. I don't know what you're talking about when you say something like yeah. that or something like that or something I've yeah. experienced myself. Um, what do you say to them? I would say keep your heart open. Keep keep journeying. Keep looking. Yeah. And there may be even something that's keeping that person from, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, a couple things just really quick. Any particular people who've been really good influences on you or who've helped you cultivate an actual spiritual life? Well, my father, obviously, we mm. talked about earlier, yeah. right? Mine you know, too. You know, he set the stage that he planted a bunch of stuff that maybe later on, you know, took 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 yeah. hold and grew. Um, countless authors, uh, my wife, of mm. course, mm-hmm. you know, with uh, just holding uh, my feet to fire and hers to the fire, and we kind of, yeah. you know, work things out together. That's huge. Um, yeah, one one. Uh, many people in my life, one writer that comes to mind, and I know Larry will resonate with this, is uh, Henri Nouwen, mm-hmm. who was a um, Catholic priest. He's gone home to be with the Lord. And he, we always talk about, hey, he wrote these books that are like these little tiny books, and there's more in them than any 400-page book I've, mm-hmm. ever, I've ever read. And I would say to people watching or listening, if you want something to just be good food for a real spiritual journey, which is what we're talking about, Go get Henri Nouwen's book, The Life of the Beloved, and um, use that yeah. as your morning time to read a little of that and spend time with God. It'll 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 have a profound impact on you. He's on very candid yeah. in his yeah in his uh, assessment of himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. and where he is with God, and it's just uh, yeah, great reading. Yeah. So last question. Uh oh. Okay, and it's a long one, so I'm going to kind of read it. Sorry. All right, we talked earlier about how, as Christians, we sometimes fall into chasing the right doctrine or trying to have the perfect Bible interpretations at the expense of actual spirituality. But that doesn't mean theology and how we read the Bible doesn't matter. That's kind of a double negative. Mm -hmm. Are there pieces of theology that might have an effect on the kind of spiritual life we do or don't cultivate, maybe especially interpretations or theologies related to our view of what God is like? Larry kind of alluded this earlier, and, and say whatever you want about it, but kind of alluded this thing of how you see God and how you think God sees you, and that's mm-hmm. theological. And I take that. Why do I have kids? Did I create? Did I have these kids so that I can just sit and torture them in some way? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Did I sit here and say, right. it's just well, this is gonna be so fun right. for the next 18 years? <laughs> no. What was your motive in that? Love. Right. Right. That's, you know, when I, when, I, when I look at that, that's what God is about. I, you know, mm-hmm. how, did, how did we ever miss, you know, things in Scripture like, you know, you know he lays down his life for another, no greater love, you know, right. kind of thing. How right. did we ever miss that? Yeah. When we look at the, the teachings of Jesus, one of the things we see is that Jesus is always correcting people's perception of God. He's changing their perception of God. So, like, Jesus says things like, don't you know that that God is good, and if you ask him for bread, he's not going to give you a snake. That's like, he's saying, I know the kind of images of God you have. Mm-hmm. And those images of God, those negative images of God, those are getting in between you and God. But if you understood that God is all good, like John says in 1 John, right? God is light, in him there's no darkness. Right. Mm-hmm. 
then those things wouldn't be in the way. And so we, we pray in some ways and relate to God as we understand him to be, right? Mm -hmm. So if we think God is, you know, we're supposed to be terrified of him all the time, we relate to God like, like this. There's something, uh, another good Brian Zahn quote, Brian Zahn says, um, angry people pray angry prayers, fearful people mm -hmm. pray fearful prayers, uh, anxious people pray anxious prayers. And when we think about the, how we see God, if we think that if we think that God is not all love toward us and that he's got some other dark motives going on then then we can't be in communion with him the same way i mean maybe he can from his side but from our side we've got this twisted picture and for a lot of people i think that twisted picture has been that god is very wrathful and that and that we are just these sinners without value and that God is primarily, you know, uh, correcting and maybe even punishing, and you know that this is the, you know, this is the ethos of our, yeah. of our relationship with God, um, you know, and and uh, you know, you said something about, you know, we we're talking about the the wrath of God in here. So so, how do you think people get messed up over the wrath of God? What's you know? Oh, I think it's it's. Well, like you said, it's just a, it's a wrong, latched onto a wrong perception and a wrong motive of, of God. You know, um, I don't know the answer what the wrath of God is about, but I got a feeling maybe the wrath of God is the absence of God, the removal of God from some a situation or, or person or something like that. Not in a vengeful way, but I moved out of the way. Yeah. Right. right. I decided. And, I stepped out of and, and maybe the way moved of God. out of the way because, like Paul uses that language in Romans about God turned them over. Right. Right. Because God, I I think of the wrath of God more these days in my life as, uh, in my thinking as God is allowing us to experience the consequences right. of our sin or the negative things that we think or or do, and that's a big distinction that the word theologians use is that God's. Uh, punishment is not retributive, it's corrective. Same way a father and a child, right? Same way a father, father and a child. child. Right. right. I'm not I'm not so much worried about, you know, beating my child because he disobeyed. I want my child to grow up and be a good man. Right. I want my child to grow up and be a good woman. Right. When I see my child yeah. doing something drastically wrong, I am going to be abrupt. <laughs> Stop. And, you know, got a thing and as so opposed to, to yeah. please come back. Right. Yes. And so to, <laughs> to frame it theologically for a moment, it means that we don't say God is equal parts love and wrath or love and discipline. Mm -hmm. yeah. We say that God is love, right? This is New Testament here. God is love, and anything corrective of God exists within that love. Now that's a whole different deal. Now I can say, oh, you love me thoroughly. You're always, I heard someone say it this way, always for me. I think it was William Paul Young. God is always for me and never against me. Mm -hmm. Well, now that opens up a whole new thing between me and God. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. And that's that's beautiful. So in that sense, the theology matters a lot, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it does. And I, yeah. I think, you know, again, we, we go back to lenses and how we take um, different parts of our upbringing. And, and I'm not even just talking about the church upbringing, but, you know, our personal upbringing. And we ascribe those characteristics to God and we mm -hmm. yeah. that's where we put the boundaries yeah. in place yeah, yeah. and say hey we can't we right. got the guard up or whatever right. else and right. um you know that's that's where we got to get quiet with the Lord and yeah. let him work ins inside yeah. us and heal those things because right. that's the only way we're going to get yep. past that notion right. 
Yeah. Um, so you guys, we're out of time. I want to thank you both for this conversation. I really appreciate it. And um, thank all of you for listening. Uh, thank you for joining us. And we hope it's been a great conversation for you to listen to. And I'm going to pass the baton. So before you go, wherever you are watching or listening, uh, please like it, subscribe, do a rating or a review if you can. That will help other listeners to find us. And uh, other than that, hey, we will see you next time uh, when you join us for more conversations with Jesus at the table.